0: Sponsored by Road. This week on the PictureLine podcast, we're talking to travel photographer and videographer Zach Fackroll. But before we get to that interview, here's some things that you need to know. Coming up this Saturday, March 30th, Wacom is bringing their digital artists to PictureLine. Don Siegmiller and PictureLine's photo experts will be in our studio showing off the full line of Wacom's digital art tablets. If you are interested in digital art or taking your photo editing to the next level, this is your chance to go hands on with Wacom's tablets, ask questions, and learn from the experts. PictureLine has all the latest photo gear that you can get your hands on at PictureLine.com. That includes the new Aperture Fresnel 2X modifier, Panasonic's brand new full frame S1 and S1R mirrorless cameras, and Sony's upcoming 135 1.8 G Master lens. Talk to PictureLine's team of experts and get the gear that's right for you today at PictureLine.com. Now on to the show. I guess this week on the Picture Line podcast is Zach Fackrell. Zach, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Zach, will you tell us
1: in your own words uh, what sort of work it is that you do? Yeah, for sure. I would say I am a commercial travel photographer. Okay. Actually, videographer. I do a lot of photography now, but it definitely started with video specifically.
0: Okay, Uh, and what kind of commercial videography, what does that look like? Is that
1: for brands, is that for products, Uh, is it just for travel? Um, A little bit of everything. It It started out with doing things for companies, like a corporate or incentive trip stuff. Actually, let me rewind. It started out doing, I started out doing travel photography and video work for a company on Instagram. And I okay. would go on trips with people that would win their bucket list or their dream vacations, and I was selected to be able to be the one person that would go with them on their trips to make a highlight video recapping their travels. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, then let's
0: let's start there because I have a hundred more questions about that. But let's start with how you got into that. So you had this position. Was that sort of your 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 entry into photography and videography, or where did that
1: journey began? Yeah, it definitely started as like a career or something long-term when I started doing trips with other people. Um, I was working at a hotel downtown, was really interested in the travel industry kind of thing, the hospitality side of stuff. Okay. But after a year or so of seeing people coming through the hotel and traveling, and I was on the other side of the desk, I really wanted to be out there experiencing things. Yeah. And I had... Experience with photography and video specifically through high school, I had a film grant at the university and I was studying that at the time at the University of Utah. But then I just kind of decided that it was something that I wanted to try after watching way too many Vimeo videos <laughs> during work sure. of travel. I decided that I would go and make my own videos. Found a company that was doing a, uh, a scuba diving adventure to Fiji. wasn't even fi- scuba certified. I decided that I would make their highlight video of their dive trip so brought my camera, went to Fiji, made some videos and then from there it turned into something that I had my camera with me all the time I went on a trip to Europe with some friends, six weeks backpacking through all the different countries over there and I would make highlight videos of each place and while I was making those videos and posting on Instagram a company saw that I was making recaps and doing different things and reached out to me to like stay, stay aware of what they were up to. And that maybe next year they'd have a project for me. So then I went to Africa on a humanitarian trip, went to Guatemala, just on personal things, but would make videos recapping Mm -hmm. all my adventures. And that company followed through and they said, yeah, you make awesome videos. And we want to extend this offer to you to go on the bucket list trips of these people and just make highlight videos and recaps and little teasers and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was, it was insane, I did that for a year and a half. I can talk more about that in a second, but it pretty much led to a local job here in Utah for a corporate, like incentive travel, travel planning, travel agency, where they would do trips for companies, and they would organize all the travel plans and the, the different things like that, and then I would be hired to go on those corporate trips to make the videos so they could show their employees all the good things that they were missing out on, or what they could win for next year, or things yeah. like that. And it's just been nonstop. It was pretty crazy. Cool. Um, and so, what does that
0: look like? Are you still in that that one full time job, or are you kind of have you opened up and
1: kind of expanded beyond that at this point? Now, I've actually expanded beyond that, where I still will do jobs for them mm-hmm. on a per project base, but I'm gearing more toward doing my own thing, freelancing out, and finding clients and, and companies to do stuff consistently for, as well as just picking up kind of whatever comes my way. So,
0: yeah. Um, what are you trying to accomplish with a video for a client, like, like a travel video for a client? Is, is it a, um, and I guess obviously it depends on the client. So if you're looking at like a, a product that a company wants to, um, sort of, you know, exhibit in these, in these, Foreign locations that you travel to. Um, what do you what is sort of your goal going into any any video that you're putting together for a client? What's sort of the philosophy behind your shooting?
1: Um, it's always about the, the people and like their experience. We do I do shoot a lot of, you know, the B roll and the scenery and trying to really get the viewer or the people in that place. But my goal with those corporate videos or the travel highlights, it's really showing whatever experience they're having Mm -hmm. so it is just i'm documenting their journeys and their travels in a beautiful way and my focus when i go on those trips is to just really be as much of a fly on the wall as i can i try to stay out of everybody's way and just getting those extra side shots and the candid things and that that's what i love most about it is to Mm -hmm. be able to go someplace and to not get in anybody's way and just kind of capture what they're what they're experiencing so that when they see that video or they show it to their team, they can't believe that that's what they were doing. Or that's what they were experiencing. Mm-hmm. And it's just as a good, you know, the highlight, the travel, the wanderlust kind of thing. That's, yeah, that's yeah. always my goal is to inspire or to excite people about where we just were.
0: Yeah. What's some of the hardest stuff about travel videography? Something that, that mobile and but also very technical, I'd imagine, probably has some some obstacles to it. What's some of the hardest stuff?
1: Uh, The hardest stuff, I'd say, is... I mean, the reason that it's fun and the reason that it's also difficult is usually only kind of get one shot to do things, and so you always have to be ready. So having the gear that you can always just have with you, lugging around heavy backpacks and stabilizers or trying to go handheld or Mm -hmm. different things like that, making sure you have the right lenses or swapping out stuff, it's just being always looking for a moment to capture, Right. always seeing the details that that people aren't noticing. So trying to tell a story, do that.
0: So you say you say telling a story, are your videos more, um, not necessarily narrative focused, but do they have that sort of framing to them or are they more um, sort of scenic and, and montage-ish or is there kind of a balance
1: between those two things? Montage is like, that's probably the way you'd describe it. I do tend to make things pretty chronologically, Mm -hmm. so it's whatever we did day one, day two, day three, and it's finding those exciting moments just kind of flashing one after another, but the times that I'm able to tell a longer story, because every, every trip is its own story, and so you kind of have to tell them getting there, establish where you're at, their reactions to the place, and then what they do, so yeah. It varies, but I think that's the best way to do it. It's the highlight chronologically. Cinematic, I'm trying to make it epic. Use slow motion when you can, but mm-hmm. try not to overdo it and get people's reactions, but also capture what they're actually seeing. It's fun. It's just a huge, huge puzzle.
0: Yeah. Talk about that a little bit more. What do you, what do you mean when you say that it's, it's a puzzle? Because, you know, you're talking
1: about all these different pieces. Yeah, there have been plenty of times where I feel like I'm focused way too much on the scenery, Mm. So you go someplace amazing, and all you want to shoot is sure the landscape of it. But then you realize maybe toward the end that you're not focusing as much on the people. And at the end of the day, I would say most of the time the clients want to see their people right. reacting to something. Yeah, even if it's like, you know, you want, or that's what I'm drawn to is is the scenery and the landscape or the wildlife. But you also have to show how the people. you're there for are reacting to it. Mm -hmm. So that can be a balance looking out of a helicopter or seeing like on a safari, you want to shoot that stuff, but you have to remember that you have to tell their story. And so you kind of pull yourself out of it and see what the other person's experiencing. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's sort of your, your professional work is, is going with these
0: clients and doing these commercial kind of, uh, experiential videos. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the best word for it. Um, but you also do your own personal stuff. Yeah, um, You shoot a lot of your own personal travel and things like that. Talk about, talk a little bit about that. What does that sort of
1: look like? Yeah, my own personal stuff, it is, the balance is not as even as I would say I'd want it to be um, because I find doing trips for other people or client stuff taking up a lot of the time, but when I do have the opportunity to do a trip more for myself or when I and reached out to by different tourism boards or brands or hotels, and I get to kind of do it my own way. That's where I feel like I have more freedom to do a lot more of the cinematic drone stuff or the underwater things, try to be a little more experimental, try to just do things a little bit different. So, yeah, I, that's, that's what's fun is to be able to go someplace and to have no real guidelines or shot list and you just get to do what you want with it, mm-hmm. and then when the brands or the hotels or the people are happy with that, it makes you just want to do only that kind of stuff. Sure.
0: So. Yeah. Um, do you find how does it affect your diff- your 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 approach um, and your sort of process when you have um, the the expectations of a company versus sort of the freedom to do it yourself? Does that um, does that work against you? You you just said you kind of enjoy it more. So um,
1: I don't know what does that what does that sort of interplay yeah. look like? Yeah, having shot lists or have, having people have really specifics on what they want, it makes it nice. It does make it easier sometimes mm-hmm. to be able to just know that they need that one shot, and then it'll go to the next thing. And having a really set shot list is is nice, but. Not that it like kind of turns off your mind cre- creatively, but it's not as creative, I feel like. It's not as fun, necessarily, when you have a super set, rigid kind of thing. Right. So when the client or the person can respect it, you just do it your way. You're the expert on this. Just go have fun with it. We know we need to tell this kind of story. It, it opens up a lot, of, a lot of different ways to do things.
0: Yeah. Well, tell us as many of the places as you know off the top of your head, or if you have a list, uh, <laughs> how many places have you been to?
1: So, yeah, I've been, over, I've been to over 60 countries. I've been to Africa five different times, to Sierra Leone, Ghana, Kenya, Tanzania, Uganda. Um, safaris are so, so sweet. But I've also been over to Europe, all over the place there, um, the Netherlands. I've been to the Faroe Islands. Iceland, um, Croatia, Albania, Greece, been over to the Maldives. That was a awesome trip. I'm a big fan of the beaches. Been over to Asia, Hong Kong, China, Vietnam, Cambodia. Done different things in the Philippines, um, Australia, New Zealand. So it's spent some time over in Patagonia and Uruguay and Chile, been to Brazil, uh, Costa Rica. So the list is growing for sure, but <laughs> there's still plenty of places I need to get, like Greenland or Antarctica. Yeah. So that's just my last, my last continent. I need to get over to Antarctica. I so gotcha.
0: Have you? How long do you spend in each of these places on average?
1: On average, it'd be about a week, I would say. Okay. Those bucket list trips were closer to two weeks, okay. ten to ten to two weeks, mm-hmm. ten days to two weeks, and it was pretty pretty consistent with that kind of thing about a week week or so but then there are some trips where it's back to back to back yeah like going from Patagonia to Kenya doing a safari over there and then hopping over on a plane to Australia and pretty much just doing an around the world trip over the course of a month yeah that was that was pretty awesome
0: so how do you deal with that even even from like a technical perspective of like managing all your footage and your gear and your batteries, even like, like what does it look like from a a nuts and bolts perspective, trying to deal with a whole one trip's worth of
1: footage while you're on the next trip? Yeah. Keeping things organized is always a challenge, but having a good travel hard drive, um, some of those rugged gear, that's what I like using so I can take a beating and then making sure that I just offload cards every single night, organizing things, Batteries. Um, not, it's nice that all the places I've gone have had pretty consistent power. I've been able to use Goal Zero stuff to charge things on the go mm-hmm. when I'm in Africa and stuff like that. But really figuring out what camera and lens combination you like using, so you don't have to bring six different lenses. Right.
0: But so what is that for you? Do you tend to do you tend to stick with one lens for a whole whole shoot, or what does that look like?
1: Um. Yeah, I maybe like two or three different lenses. Um, initially, it, it was just one lens. When I would go on those trips, I well, I brought two. It would be a good travel lens, like a twenty-four to one hundred five or twenty-four to seventy, be able to zoom. Yeah. But then having just some nice primes where you can keep it really shallow when you do the details or have those end of the night or low light things, and so trying to keep it to two lenses initially, and then. I went on those safaris and I got my 70 to 200. So that's where it's at. i take three lenses when I travel in my backpack and it keeps it a light kit. I can keep it everything in a backpack. Yeah. So
0: cool. Um, what would you, cause I mean, I think for a lot of people who spend a lot of time on social media and who, uh, are interested in photography or are, are professionally producing video, even, um, What you're sort of doing is the goal for a lot of people, I think, to be able to travel, to be able to have a certain amount of freedom, but also have consistent clients where you're able to tell these stories and be creative about it, but you're also getting to see the world. There's a certain segment of, you know, our creative community that that's that's the thing. Um, What would you say in terms of, like, you've talked a little bit about how you got into it and how a lot of it was just putting stuff out there and, and mm-hmm. letting people see it. Um, what more would you kind of say to people who are who, who for them that is the goal or is at least a goal?
1: Well, that was definitely my goal. It was when Instagram came out and I saw that that was the way people were doing things, getting stuff on Instagram was huge. Mm-hmm. And being recognized on Instagram, like that's where the, all the perks kind of came through. Yeah. So once I made those videos and I started traveling and I was consistent in what I was doing, I got noticed by Instagram. So being featured by them, getting tons of followers that way, working for a brand that was entirely based on Instagram, getting the audience through that. Um, So it led itself to be more recognized on the Instagram space, getting featured again through that and going on the different trips, getting a lot of um, followers that way was huge to be able to validate the experience and to like be able to have the backing of those people I felt like the drive to keep producing stuff and to keep doing it mm-hmm. and so that's what I would say is to be able to have those things continue and to have more opportunities I had to find myself doing things even when I wasn't traveling here in Utah I would go and do things and make videos and take photos and continue to be active that way so people that want to do the same thing, yeah, I would say you've got to be consistent and you've got to just keep producing stuff. And then the beauty of Instagram is that it connects you to everybody and you can reach out to people that you want information from and you can ask for help or do different things with other people. When you travel, look for different inspirational ways to document that and share your, your, your unique view on things. So for people that wanna do the kind of the same thing or wonder how it happens, I mean, everything happens in in an interesting time. Now I think it's a little more difficult, maybe, um, using Instagram only to get recognition or opportunities. Mm -hmm. But if you do make videos or have photos, finding as many different ways where you can showcase that stuff, your own personal website or blogs, YouTube channels or Vimeo pages, as well as Instagram. So a lot of resources out there now.
0: Well, that was kind of going to be my question, and I think that was sort of an answer. Is you had mentioned that when you you first saw Instagram come out, so I'm guessing you adopted Mm -hmm. pretty early. You Mm -hmm. were on Instagram from from a pretty early time. um, When you know shooting video and and having these really incredible scenic productions uh, was was fairly unique. And now that is a very saturated place to be, at least, you know, in the narrow market that is Instagram. A lot of it is that sort of travel, um, you know, fear of missing out sort of style of of (laughs) videography. Um, So, but that's an interesting um, piece of advice on that is to have as many different platforms as you can. Yeah. um, To just, you know, because I think that saturation... um, to deal with that is to, to kind of branch out until it's spread the love a little bit and see uh, how many different uh, places you can get. I mean, is that, has that sort of thing, um, the the fact that that has become so much more saturated than it was when you first started, has that sort of uh, influenced or informed how you how you shoot or just where you put it?
1: Uh, it's in- affected and influenced me personally in a lot of different ways. I think having all these experiences primarily through Instagram was incredible, but it almost like drained me and it was a little bit too much to always have to like be maintaining Mm -hmm. that image on Instagram. So finding myself stepping back from that and just doing things for these clients that weren't super concerned with doing things on Instagram has been a very nice like relief for me. Yeah. So I would say if you want to get recognized and you need to find those clients, Instagram is a good way to do it but the second you can find consistency or clientele or opportunities outside of Instagram, for me, that was like, it was better. Yeah. So definitely using that as a portfolio place and a launching point, but definitely make the real connections and make the, the jobs and the, and the videos on that personal level with those brands and companies that just want you for you, regardless of your Instagram following Mm -hmm. and regardless of, you know, your travel list. It's just, your, the quality of what you do, the second that it can be validated outside of Instagram, the more real it is and the better it is. Yeah. So that's what I found.
0: Uh, what advice would you give in finding those clients? You mentioned that, you know, a lot of them just found you through Instagram. What, does some, what are some steps people could take?
1: Well, I found them because it was travel specific and people that saw that I traveled so much were able to be like, hey, this company that we work for needs consistent video. And then through those connections, I've been able to meet other people that have needed video for humanitarian reasons, um, documenting different you know, health missions and different organizations that way. And so finding myself doing those types of jobs for people that I've met in person through that p- job was what got me to where I am. So finding those clients, my biggest p- point of advice would be to really pinpoint the type of video or the type of photography that you want to do and then reach out to those brands or that company that that you want to work with, and do whatever you can if they are local to meet with them and talk with them and show them. And yeah, like I said, the the second you can make a personal connection and do stuff outside of social media, I, that's where it became real for me. Yeah.
0: Um. So, what are some of the stuff that you're working on currently? What are What are some of your current projects that you're? working on if there's something you can talk about I don't know
1: yeah the thing I'm most excited for is the shift that I feel like I have now into being able to work with my wife Anna our focus is going a little bit away from the weddings or the travel vibes and like the wanderlust different things like that our focus is going to be more on kind of the meaningful travel as far as like humanitarian stuff goes we want to spread awareness to different causes like I said, I've been to Africa a few different times and I've made some really awesome connections with um, a doctor who consistently will be going over to Africa or India or the Philippines named uh, Dr. Dane Jensen. And he, I've just made that connection through him and been able to join his team to be like the main video guy for him. And so going on his trips, documenting his medical missions and his service and his you know surgical procedures, that's, that's, it was life changing for me when I went with him to Africa, to Ghana, um, two years ago. And so that's where my focus has been this last year is building up that, um, relationship and making plans for our next, our next trips over there. Mm -hmm. Well, cool. Is that something that, um, other people
0: can get involved in in any way? Is there some way that they can contribute to those efforts?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's the coolest part is we're going to be able to we are going to be opening up these different trips for people to come with us and different volunteer opportunities to come be a part of the missions and be a part of those travels wherever we go. Specifically we do have a trip to Africa in October and that people can join and that's with a company called Ghana make a difference um, but you can find out most of the information through Dr. Dane and his blog Dr. Uh, Dr., Dr. Dane I can get more information about that, but it's just a really cool thing that we're super excited for is to be able to do that type of travel. So,
0: cool. Well, we'll put the information for that in the the episode description Sweet. so people can find that. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Um, well, cool. Um, so that's sort of your your that's almost sort of a, a professional and personal sort of combining a little bit that you're yeah. you're getting to do something that also has a lot of meaning to you. Uh, In that respect. And do you feel like um, you've you've finally reached a point where something like that is possible or was that something that um, might have still been uh, possible at an earlier time or was it just something that you kind of had to grind to that point where it was an option for you?
1: Looking back, I realize that humanitarian video has been part of what I've done from the beginning, going to Sierra Leone and to Guatemala and things like that. It was cool that humanitarian opportunities were always there, but at the level that it is now to be able to be the main video guy for a team of people to document a cause, to raise money and to do fundraising, to provide this service, to build medical clinics, I was nowhere near that position initially, but through the grind and through the production of stuff, I was able to make those connections and get that level of trust from the different people that I was able to handle myself out of the country, that I had experience traveling, that I could produce in difficult environments, that I was able to handle the edits and the, the filming and do everything on my own. So then it was like, okay, now we want you to join this full time and to really put all your time and attention into telling our stories. So... Instead of pushing a commercial-type agenda or trying to, you know, bring awareness that way, it was more about telling the story, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. Instead of, like, the corporate travel kind of things where it was all driven by sales or having people feel like they were missing out, now it's just telling those stories and bringing awareness to that different thing. Yeah. And I love it, yeah.
0: Well, cool. That's a really cool opportunity. Um, you mentioned... That you stick with this three lens setup. What camera do you shoot
1: on? I'm pumped that I was able to upgrade to the Canon One DX Mark II. Okay, wow, because it does both photo and video. Yeah, awesome. I had a I had a I started with Canon here at Picture Line. I I got a Mark, I got a seventy, and then a Mark three and a Mark four, and then just the One DX two just just recently. Mm-hmm. This past May, and I've loved it. Um, so Is I that have,
0: something? Um, I'm just thinking of, you know, the one, one DX is a, is a big camera. Yeah. Is that something that, uh, I don't know, how does that play into your travel? You know, keeping things as, as mobile as possible. Do you sort of, um, I don't know, are you looking at mirrorless or is it, are you happy with what the one DX does or, um, yeah. So, I mean,
1: <laughs> having, having done this for a lot of years, I've gone through, I mean, Not all the cameras, but I've had dedicated video cameras like the Sony FS5, and I've had the Sony, you know, the mirrorless, the different A7 models, and maybe it's just because I learned on Canon, the menu systems and the lenses, um, the color, just like the ergonomics of Canon, I just really like, and so I keep going back to that. I will use the Mark IV on jobs that doesn't need as big of a camera, Mm. Um, you can get amazing footage that way and the touch screens are incredible sure so my first choice is canon um but when i know i'm doing photography as well and then slow motion video <laughs> the 1dx was just it's nice i really like it it is huge and i do find myself being i mean it's a it's a heavy camera yeah but i just love how sturdy and and robust and just heavy duty it is for kind of whatever whatever i have to do
0: yeah so was there a time where you were you were trekking around with multiple cameras that this is now actually a weight like a, a lighter
1: loadout because you're oh, able yeah. to combine a couple things into one yeah that last africa trip i had an fs5 and then i also brought my mark 4 so i had a, I had to have lenses for both of those cameras right so i had one camera on a monopod and then the other on my neck you imagine going to like a village, trying to film different things on one camera and then missing photos because mm-hmm. I'm too concerned with rolling video to take the photos. So finding one machine that can do it all, it's nice. And yeah, yeah I mean the the Mark Four could do that. Or the Sonys were great at it for for wildlife stuff. But just I guess just the preference being able to have that. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. So having that seventy two hundred lens for different wildlife opportunities or the landscapes things like that or when I really want to stay away from the people but still want to do their faces so it's really nice um, for those candid moments people Mm -hmm. are talking doing that different thing and or their reactions to stuff and then yeah right now it's the 35 a sigma that I like having on pretty consistently when I know I'm just going to be in a room or on that cruise with somebody and I'm just kind of walking around and it needs to look shallow and nice Mm -hmm but I need to get my 24 to one Oh five. I, I like that one a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a basic, it's what you kind of get with your camera. Right. And maybe that's why I like it so much. It's, it's just a really nice zoom that I can do pretty much anything through it. So mm. that's my, that's what I like the most.
0: Cool. Is there any additional gear that you recommend? And, uh, besides the body and lenses,
1: um, a drone for what I do, okay. definitely being able to establish where I'm at and get those extra, get extra views. Um, so I have the Mavic, the DJI Mavic Pro. Um, the one or the two? The one. I need to upgrade to the two. <laughs> I also have a Phantom, and I had the Inspire. So been with the drones since they came out, and that's, that's what's been super fun.
0: Yeah. Were you traveling with the Inspire a lot?
1: Yeah. I remember I oh, went like to Hong <laughs> Kong with an Inspire, and I had to, like, carry it on my back. Yeah. And through, like, this mountain pass, we had to go – the mountain pass. We had to just like take it over this ridge and we camped on the beach and I had the huge inspire case just to get like two shots. Mm-hmm. And then like, yeah, two years later, you can put a drone in your backpack or your pocket. <laughs> so that's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh,
0: well, Zach, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I think what you, what uh, the opportunities that you get and, and how you've been using them, uh, especially for the the humanitarian stuff is, is really cool. And I think Uh, Our listeners will appreciate maybe some of the opportunities that they can be involved with that stuff or at least get to see some of the stories that you're telling. So we appreciate having you on. Thanks a lot. It's been awesome. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Thanks to Zach for sitting down with us. You can check out some of his gear recommendations in our show notes plus links to his work. If you enjoyed this week's episode, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts as that is the best way to help us grow. See you next week.